You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 113. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Toby Yak. He's an epidemiologist with the Iowa Department of Public Health. You'll get to learn how his passion for youth substance abuse prevention and how the dangers of underage drinking inspired his journey into public health. Let me tell you a bit more about Dr. Yak. He joined the Iowa Department of Public Health in 2013 as a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Center for Substance Abuse Prevention Fellow. He assumed the epidemiologist position in July of 2014. In his current role, Dr. Yak provides epidemiological and data analysis support for substance abuse and problem gambling prevention and treatment, and for the Disability Injury and Violence Prevention Program. He has a combined 16 years of experience in biomedical, evidence-based public health practice and research. Dr. Yak earned a Bachelor of Science degree from North Dakota State University and a Master of Public Health degree and PhD in Public Health from Walden University. He is a lifelong learner and enjoys teaching undergraduate and graduate courses. Currently, Dr. Yak is a part-time assistant professor with Des Moines University. Dr. Yak previously taught at both the University of Roehampton, London Online, and Rasmussen College. As an epidemiologist with the Iowa Department of Public Health, Dr. Yak focuses, or his focus is to help reduce the risk and occurrence of adverse health outcomes due to substance use and injuries in Iowa through the use of sound epidemiological principles, education, and evidence-based approaches. Now, before I connect that interview, I would like to share a special announcement. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Learning. Building and enhancing skills that are complementary to your public health education can be a powerful combination. It can help you become more competitive in the job market as a public health consultant and as a business owner. LinkedIn Learning is offering our listeners access to their extensive library of resources free for 30 days. You can start now, access anywhere and anytime. Just visit drchuntley.com and click on the resources tab from the main menu. You'll find the link there to access your free trial. Well, today I am very excited to welcome my guest on this episode, Dr. Toby Yak. Dr. Yak, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for uh, uh, inviting me onto your show. You're very welcome. I'm, I'm really excited to share your story and to really um, to ask some questions. Uh, if it's okay with you, we're just going to jump right in. <laughs> That's fine. We can just uh, get started. Awesome. Okay. So I have read a bit about you in the introduction, told the audience a bit about you, but in your own words, would you just you know introduce yourself, chat a little bit about your background, maybe what you're doing now? Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, I'm Dr. Toby Yuck, and uh, I'm currently the lead epidemiologist uh, at the Iowa Department of Public Health. 
and I have a doctoral degree in uh, public health, and I consider myself as a public health and educator. And so I also like to teach and uh, uh, do the public health work. So uh, as an educator, I like to uh, also teach others uh, how to become public health professionals. That is, you sounds like you're wearing many hats, but you know, that can, I get that. I think that's a, it seems to be at the heart of a lot of us in public health. You know, we wear many hats, but we always have that heart to teach and serve. Tell us a little bit more about the, um, the work that you do as a lead epidemiologist at the Department of Health. At the Department of Public Health, I has a lead epidemiologist. I uh, conduct the daily functions, uh, epidemiological functions that are uh, focused on uh, behavioral health programs and other interdepartmental collaborations. And so my work encompasses things like uh, writing statistical analysis that I use to uh, conduct my uh, study and then also findings. And I also provide epidemiological and data management support for a programmatic decision making in the department. So I also work a lot with data as uh, all epidemiologists do. Uh, I gather uh, and analyze data, I generate reports, uh, I make recommendations on program issues and uh, potential priorities in the department. I also represent the department at local, state, and national public health uh, meetings. So I kind of do all these in the capacity that I am a lead epidemiologist. Wow. So do you see oversee a, a, a team of other epidemiologists as well? I uh, work closely with interns. Uh, as I mentioned earlier that I'm also an educator, I uh, get interns and I um, supervise interns and um, help them through their programs so that uh, they can get to uh, graduate and then hopefully gain a uh, position in public health. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Now, um, I'm going to also ask you a little bit about your role as an educator. So what do you teach? When I started out teaching, I didn't know what I wanted to teach. And I, uh, I just know that I like to uh, show people things and uh, share what I, I know. And so through my education, I was able to uh, become a teaching assistant at Walden University, where I, I received my uh, doctoral degree from. So I was able to teach students there with the courses such as the interpretation and application of public health data. Uh, I also taught uh, data analysis and presentation. And I also teach uh, epidemiology course at the uh, undergraduate and graduate level. Hmm. Okay. I can relate to those. I, I teach biostatistics. Well, this, I teach biostatistics, epidemiology, and uh, research methods. Although for the last, oh, I'd say the last full year, I've solely taught research methods. Um, and I'm not sure how I 
how that happened. I think it's just the, based on the need they have. It's, you know, I'm in the adjunct pool. So, um, but I really enjoy that. I, I specifically wanted to teach online graduate students because of my own experience as an online graduate student. I really felt that I could bring that perspective and it would, you know, I could make a difference. And I really enjoy being, um, being able to do that because it's not that we interact so much all the time, but it's just those times when students have the issues and they reach out in a panic. I can just so relate to them. And I really enjoy being able to connect with them, kind of help them through that, encourage them, and just be able to, sometimes it's really just letting them know that they, you know, reminding them that, you know, you can do this. And, uh, you know, and then letting them know up front on the first week of class, I'm letting them know what to expect, you know, how they need to be prepared. I don't want to wait until they're stumbling and, and having problems with the deadline and time to ma- time management. I put that in the first announcement that I mail out, try to be really clear so that it kind of helps them have a really smooth process, you know, through the course. But yeah, I, I uh, like hearing that what you're doing. Yeah, and that's that's what the students need when they come in. Some of them don't even have a background in online uh, coursework. So uh, when they come in, they they are nervous. They don't know what to do. Uh, it's overwhelming to be learning online. You don't see people, uh, so that becomes very overwhelming. And I feel that it is my responsibility to guide them, to to help them, to to uh, tell them that you can do this. And if I was able to do it, I know you will do it. So, and when they hear that, then uh, they kind of calm down and then they start to feel uh, like they're actually getting what they wanted to get. And and I also allow them to reach me at any time uh, if they have questions. Yeah, that's, you know, that's really good. I I was thinking about that. I know I have a lot of students who um, there's, I have a lot of military, a lot of students who are military and they could be anywhere. And I've had some that are in these really secluded, isolated places with poor internet connection, but they are so driven and so determined. And they're in in the beginning of that first week, I often get emails that say, I promise you, I ordered my materials early, but they're just not here yet. And they're already panicked from day one. And you're right. It's just communicating, reassuring them. And I think that brings that human touch, you know, then because the online world Mm -hmm. feels, I mean, it's, it's very overwhelming when someone is taking an online, you know, program or course for the first time. So when I interject that human touch, then it reminds them that there is a real person on the other end. And and then when you can go further and say, I understand it's going to be okay. This is what you need to do. You're right. You could almost hear them take that sigh of relief and settle in. And then they get busy and they start learning. Yeah. And then one thing I wanted to add was uh, when I was uh, a teaching assistant at Walden University, I asked uh, one of my uh, supervisors whether I should provide the students with my cell phone number. And he was like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. But I said, well, sometimes I want my students to reach me and uh, I'm okay with doing that. And so and she said, well, if if you're okay with it, you can do it. And so I started doing that and um, giving my students my cell phone number. And uh, I, I tell them if they have any questions, that if they send me questions to my email and 
Uh, they didn't get any response back within a timely manner. They should reach me on my cell phone and they can just tax me. And I found that was very helpful. A student will be working on their assignment and they ask me a question and they will tax me and I will tax back right away. And that's something that they loved. They really enjoyed that. Hmm. Yeah, that is definitely, um, that's a big step. I don't know that I could do that. I don't even like my cell phone, my my kids having my cell phone number. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I think there are a lot of things that we can do. I know I have a colleague at the university that where I teach. I know that she does a lot of videos. She does a lot of weekly videos for her students. And um, I just really try to be really interactive and quick to respond to the emails and personalize mm-hmm. the emails. And sometimes that, that tends to work. And I try to, you know, provide that, you know, that written communication with them. Um, that's the best I can do, but I do go a little extra uh, above and kind of beyond um, in in helping with that. This is really, I don't know, it's reassuring, and I like to hear how you know you approach and deal with your students and and this interaction. That those little extra personal touches when teaching students um, on an online platform that really comes from that experience of being there yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, how long have you been uh, in your role as an, not necessarily as a lead epidemiologist, but just within epidemiology at the Department of Public Health? I've been with the department uh, since 2014 as an epidemiologist. Oh, okay, great. So I want to, um, let's go back a little bit. And I'm wondering if you could just tell me when you first became interested in public health as a career. That is a great question, and I think that's a question that I usually keep asking myself, too. I became interested in public health as a career um, early in 2011. Prior to that, I was uh, working in the biotech field um, and doing vaccine research. And then... You know, I was reading one time about uh, public health and 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 also when I was working in the biotech, I felt that it would be a good fit for me to actually get into public health and be able to look at these public health issues and be able to tackle them. And I did not know how I can do that. And then that idea, I almost dropped it, and I said, well, I wanted to move further because that time I had uh, a bachelor's degree in microbiology, and I wanted to do something else. Uh, I also felt I wanted to be uh, a teacher, so I wanted to go to a graduate school and get a teaching uh, degree. And so... Even started the application for a graduate school for teaching degree, and then uh, it just changed because I'm actually originally from South Sudan, Africa, and um, I've been in the United States uh, since uh, 1995. And coming from South Sudan, the public health infrastructure there is terrible. And even in the United States, we have some, we have still continued to see some public health issues that pop up and some that are continuing to exist. So in uh, 2011, then I, I stopped. I didn't want to apply to graduate school. So I went 
to South Sudan to see uh, my family. And that's where that idea really kind of generated even more uh, to become a public health person. And so uh, when I came back, I started searching for a uh, public health school online because at that time I wanted to work and also go to school because if I uh, am able to do that, I can work and continue to do my education. So I searched and searched and came across Walden University. And so I read more about Walden University and and I liked everything that was uh, uh, the information that I, I found. And then I applied to uh, Walden, and then I was accepted into the uh, Masters of Public Health. And so that's how I got into public health. That's a a great story, too, because um, that really takes you back to, I guess, you know, where you're passionate about, really seeing that impact and going back to, you know, where you're from in South Sudan and the issues and um, opening your, you know, those eye-opening trip and, and kind of turning point. I have a lot of people, I have a very global audience and I do have several people that follow the podcast who are from South Sudan or from Sudan and have reached out to me um, about, you know, they're either interested in pursuing their education in public health, or they are talking about certain public health issues that they are facing challenges. So um, I'm sure that they're going to really appreciate um that part of your story that's encouraging for people who are still trying to, you know, really pursue their career from that region. And it seems that they are facing more challenges than maybe some other areas with trying to do so. Yeah, absolutely. So in that same kind of context, what population or public health issue or problem or condition are you most passionate about? Yes. Um, I'm really very passionate about, you know, youth substance abuse, substance use prevention. Um, I also try to get my hands around uh, traumatic brain injury, uh, binge drinking among uh, youth and adults, and also focusing on underage drinking. And because uh, these uh, populations uh, are really important to me because especially youth, if we are able to educate youth early on about the importance of not using substances, uh, that will help them or prevent them from using uh, later on. That's important. And you're right. It's all about prevention. I also want to go back a little bit and because of you've had such a, you know, a diverse, not really so far off from public health, but your background from, you know, the biotech industry, microbiology, and then coming into public health and various interests, because we always have multiple interests, we all do. But how do you think your previous roles helped you prepare for the transition into public health and the work that you're doing as an epidemiologist? Um, my previous role helped me get into this uh, position that I'm currently holding as uh, a lead epidemiologist that it took me some steps or a process that I had to go through to get to where I am right now. So, for example, my background as a microbiologist, 
uh, that kind of allowed me to understand the health problems that we face, and that is connected to public health. And also my work in the uh, biotech field also uh, gave me the uh, background that I can also uh, use in public health. And so these all combine uh, make me feel that I have the uh, knowledge and experience that I can use in public health. Oh, that's really important. And you, um, I agree with you because um, especially when you say, you know, it involves several steps because sometimes um, people want to move from one, you know, from the beginning to the end, you know, they want everything to go in one smooth process, you know, one step and they're there. And sometimes it involves several steps to get where you really want to be. You have to just be willing to continue progressing forward, which is what I'm always saying. But it's great when I hear someone else say that. And I can also relate to the the background, having come from microbiology. Uh, I was in clinical microbiology and infectious disease for a long time. And I do remember clearly because I wanted to transition in, into chronic disease and really have some experience and I really thought I needed to sever the ties and I had to kind of go do away with that. Like it was hindering me. And it wasn't until, you know, fast forward several years, I realized that that was all a part of the transition. And, you know, that, that was valuable for me being able to work in healthcare and understanding microbiology and doing the clinical, you know, applied microbiology um, and, and having all those years of experience. And that was a, a vital role in me really becoming uh, getting into the role and even uh, the role that I'm in now and how I use that those skills and that knowledge all the time. Yeah. I also um, I want your audience to know that uh, you don't have to be uh, a person that was in the science field uh, to become a public health professional. Uh, you can be uh, somebody that was doing completely something different than uh, science is a broad field that has several professionals from different areas that work together to uh, improve the health of uh, the population. I'm really glad you brought that up because that's so important. And I agree with you. I think that, you know, in fact, your diverse background can enhance your, you know, give you a really competitive edge. Um, when you come into public health, because you're right, that field is so broad. And that's, you know, um, part of the fascination with the field because you, the opportunities and the, the to do are really limitless. You can do so many different things in public health. Um, but at the same time, I think it's it presents a huge challenge for people that have a hard time kind of creating their own path to connect from where they are to get into public health. So, you know, they have to kind of really look at that and understand what public health is and kind of find your way to move into it. But you're absolutely right. You can come from any background. Yes. And finding your way into it, that would require you to be proactive. And that means that you need to have uh, a mentor or mentors in your life that uh, you can reach out to and share your, uh, you know, ideas and where you want to move and how you want to move forward. And, and they can help you moving in the direction that you didn't even know you could do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice there, which is perfect lead into my next question, because I, w I want to ask you to share some tips 
for current students who are, you know, pursuing their degree in public health and interested in, in a, a career in public health? Do you have some advice that you can share with students right now? The first advice I usually share with uh, people that ask me about how they can get into public health is that just make yourself to be a person that likes to learn. I call myself a lifelong learner because I just like to continue to learn and learn. So if you're a person that is passionate about learning and also you want to help uh, people and you also uh, want to to do something that you really love, just be be flexible. Um, make yourself flexible. There's going to be challenges that you're going to find on your way, but uh, your flexibility will help guide you through. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, that's great advice, and that's important. And I don't know that I've really thought about it quite that way, but that's really important, being flexible. Mm-hmm. Yes, because like, for example, before I started at the uh, department at the Iowa Department of Public Health, I um, did not have any experience with substance abuse uh, or any experience with how I can get into an area where I want to be. So after I finished my master's, then I did an internship. And that internship kind of helped me understand public health a little bit more. But I did not just set myself to say I want to be just in this area of public health. So I was open to any areas in public health. So when I was accepted into the SAMHSA fellowship program, I, I was just flexible. I just wanted to get into public health and even learn more about public health and how I can uh, become part of the public health profession. That's great. That's a great example. And that's great advice. Very helpful. And um, I mean, it's important because sometimes, you know, being flexible like that, that opens you up to opportunities that you would not have even, you know, even may not even know they exist, but just being flexible, being open, uh, especially at the beginning, getting started. Yes, yes, absolutely. Don't don't narrow your uh, your opportunities. So keep them open, and that's the, that will help you. Um, now uh, I know we are uh, have been talking for quite a bit, but just if you would just take a moment, because some uh, members of the audience, people who listen to the podcast, have already finished their degree, have completed their degree, but they may be facing some challenges trying to get into the public health field. So, do you have any tips or advice for someone who may have? you know, already completed a degree and still trying to get into the field of public health but are just having some issues? If a person finished their, uh, let's say, for example, uh, Master's of Public Health and uh, you, you want to get into public health and you're having challenges getting into public health, it's a great idea to uh, become part of the um, uh, professional organizations that are uh, public health related. That way you will gain some relationships and also you will gain some uh, information that will help guide you into public health. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, being open and and allowing yourself to uh, any area of the public health will allow you to get into public health. 
So because if we narrow it down that, for example, um, if you narrow it down to I just want to be in the infectious disease and I, I, I don't care about the uh, mental health, I don't care about the substance abuse, I just want infectious disease and that would, would really give you uh, or pose some challenges. Um, but if you're open and you wanted to get into infectious disease, but there is something different, uh, like say um, mental health related work that uh, requires a person who has a master's of public health, you can uh, uh, give that a shot and that's where you can start. Uh, also, reaching out to uh, the uh, public health organizations and making connections with uh, public health professionals and um, also make yourself, you know, allow yourself to be open to suggestions that you get from your colleagues and that will help you get into public health. That's great advice. That's great advice because like you said, you know, I talk to people about, you know, pursuing your passions. And if you really want to be an infectious disease, like you said, um, that's great to know that that's where you're drawn. But if the opportunity starts with mental health, Mm -hmm. then embrace that opportunity because you're going to learn valuable skills. You're getting your foot in the door in public health. You're going to learn valuable skills. And then you start to, you know, take on volunteer type of, uh, you know, take the tasks that in your mental health role and um, develop those skills that will be will attract those epidemiology opportunities. And then after you've gotten some experience within mental health, and really and truly, epidemiology is everywhere. Yes. That is exactly why it's in the title of this podcast. It's not that this is all about epidemiology careers. I really put it in there because epidemiology is important in all areas of public health. So if you get a job in mental health and you let's say you love epidemiology, then you can find ways to apply the epidemiology within that role of mental health. If you're interested in infectious disease and you get the role in mental health, then you can connect, think about comorbidities and then start to kind of bridge the gap, you know, start bringing in your own interest into that area. Look at, you know, those comorbidities or where they over, you know, overlap or intersect, build up a skill set, and then start moving into the area you want to be in, if it's infectious disease or if it's epidemiology. But just like you said, being flexible and being open and being able to grab the first opportunity that you're able to get in in public health, get some experience, and then just keep your eye on the prize if you really are passionate about that one particular area, and eventually you will work your way there. Mm-hmm. And and um, students also need to know that uh, we are always learning. So uh, don't tell yourself that, um, well, I don't have experience in this thing and I, I just don't want to try it. No, it, it's good to try. It's good to uh, get in there. You tell yourself, yes, I know I don't know, but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to put efforts so that I can learn it. And, and, and that will uh, allow you to move forward. Great advice. Great advice. And um, thank you for adding that tip about, you know, joining public health uh, organizations. And I always suggest that one. And then the the only thing I will add to that is get involved because people will get their little memberships or attend in the background and not really get involved. You have to get involved because, like you said, it's about connecting and building those relationships with other people that can help you sort of open those doors as well. So you have to, you know, join them and get involved, uh, whatever the organization is. 
Um, that's a great way for people who have you know already completed a degree but are having some some uh, trouble. It's a great way to find a mentor and just be connected. So, mm-hmm. wow, this has been great. So much great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Yak, for taking time and and speaking with me and being on the podcast and just sharing so much information. I really appreciate that. This is wonderful. I really enjoyed sharing my uh, background and the information that will allow others also to get into public health. And um, as I said, as a an educator also, I would love to have more people get into public health. And, and that's my passion. And I love to do it. Yes, absolutely. We There's such a need. So I will, um, you provided a, uh, your LinkedIn uh, link so that uh, others can connect with you. And then you you know, shared some of the connection information. So I'll provide all of that in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening and you really want to be able to connect with Dr. Yak, don't worry, just visit the show notes page and I'll tell you all about that um, in the summary in just a moment. But um, Dr. Yak, thank you so much again for being here. And um, I look forward to just keeping in touch and, and seeing what, uh, you know, what you come up with and what you're up to in the future. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank Dr. Yak for joining me on this episode to discuss his public health career journey and for sharing such great advice and tips. If you'd like to connect with him, just visit the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 113. Go directly to drchuntley.com and that's D-R-C-H-H-U-N-T-L-E-Y. Dot com. Click on the podcast tab from the main menu and then navigate to episode 113 to find the show notes. Remember that you can also click on the resources tab from the main menu and find the link to start your free trial of LinkedIn learning. All right, everyone. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.